Hey there, State of the Braves fans. Just one special message uh, for you guys before this latest episode. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, I just really want to send my heartfelt thanks to you guys, especially you subscribers. We recently passed the 300 subscriber threshold, and man, it just means a lot to me. Uh, those of you who um, comment a lot, I do read those. I know I don't comment on every single one, but I, I do see you. I appreciate you guys. It means a ton to me. So please keep watching, uh, keep supporting me. And uh, if you really appreciate this podcast and want it to grow and want me to maybe even do more episodes, uh, what would free me up to do that is to reach 500 or even 1,000 subscribers. So please, if you could just take a, time, take a little time to, uh, to share this uh, podcast on YouTube or on Spotify with some of your friends who are Braves fans, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Braves fans, let's get rolling once again. Uh, this is State of the Braves. I'm George McNair. And, uh, man, after the Braves uh, come back home after such a successful West Coast road trip in which they beat the Giants, they sweep the Rockies, and then they beat the Dodgers three out of four games. They come home, play the Cardinals. It just seems like they're going to keep rolling. And here they have lost uh, two to the Cardinals, the lowly Cardinals, who have struggled mightily, underperformed all season. And uh, it's just, there you go, right? It's it's baseball in a nutshell. Uh, I actually kind of had this feeling before uh, the series started. The very first game, very first inning with Soroka out there, it just felt a little flat. And, I mean, it's hard to, um, sometimes it's hard to put into words what you feel in that moment. But you're just like, I don't know. I don't feel really great about this for some reason, and there you go. Um, so it did not start well, of course, uh, for Soroka and uh, and the Braves as uh, he goes three innings in the first game and then comes out with numbness in his fingers. And, man, I was so worried about uh, Michael Soroka. Uh, you know, obviously I don't need to go into every detail of all of the, the injury stuff he's gone through with his Achilles. Coming back this year, it's been – a very weird up and down season for him, especially being down most of the season in AAA. Uh, and I just thought when I heard numbness in his fingers, you're immediately thinking, um, you know, sprained UCL, torn UCL, Tommy John surgery, uh, out one and a half, two years. Uh, you know, with the timing of if he were to go down with, with Tommy John at this point, he'd be out basically two years. And for a guy who's already missed, close to three years with this Achilles injury. I just was really, really feeling for the guy. So we actually got a, a bit of good news for Soroka today. Uh, fortunately, the MRI did not show any structural damage uh, to his elbow, uh, but the Braves are shutting him down for the rest of the season for precaution, precautionary reasons. So it just feels like a major bullet was dodged for Michael Soroka in his career. I mean, if if he were to go down with Tommy John, uh, with all these other things, you do wonder. I mean, if the guy, um, I think he'd keep pushing through, but man, it would be hard uh, to to lose that much time. And uh, so, very thankfully, uh, Soroka is just shelved for this season, um, and we'll move forward. Of course, it's still, you know, his Braves career is still in question. I think that's reasonable to 
to think about what is uh, what are his opportunities going to look like next season. Um, of course, some of that might just be determined on uh, who comes back. Does Charlie Morton come back? Uh, how does Kyle Wright look? Uh, how are some of these younger Braves prospects, um, you know, coming up looking like uh, going into next season? Um, but really, he can't focus on that. He just has to remain healthy, and he al also has to become more effective because. Um, when Soroka did have his opportunities in the big leagues this season, it did not go really well. It's just very frustrating because, you know, as he was coming up for this start, there were just a lot of um, thoughts on, well, if he pitches well here, I mean, you know, he could stay up and, and pitch through September and maybe uh, be someone who could, um, you know, make some kind of contribution to the postseason for the Braves. Um, and yet it just went in the exact opposite. I mean, even before he went out of the game, uh, he was not very effective once again uh, in in this game against the Cardinals. So, you know, all this despite the fact that he was the International League Pitcher of the Month in August. He was pitching really, really well in AAA. He just could not ever bring that success to the big leagues in Atlanta this year, and I really don't know what that was about. I wish I could see some... Uh, uh, some video of him in AAA, and if he looked different, if the ball was coming off of his hands differently or, or something uh, to make him much more successful in AAA. But uh, he certainly never really showed consistency at the big league level this year. You know, uh, we talked about it a good bit, but he decided to change his delivery and change his arm angle uh, after coming off of those Achilles injuries and, uh, you know, you do wonder if this was putting more stress on his arm. I mean, I don't want to go too far down that road. Um, it, you know, pitchers uh, have, uh, have arm injuries all the time. And, um, and it could have been coming regardless of whether he changed his arm slot or not. Uh, but he did, and, and it certainly makes you wonder if by, by changing those things to protect his Achilles, if then it was putting a little more pressure and stress on his arm and his arm angle. The one thing we do know is the arm angle change has made his stuff less effective and less consistent. And, you know, I think it is probably, it was probably unrealistic for us to expect off of those changes for him to just return to form and be really, really good. Suddenly, um, this could be something that literally could be years um, for, for him to kind of figure out. I really hope it doesn't uh, take that long. Um, but it could, I mean, I think, I think to Charlie Morton, you know, and Braves fans look no further than Charlie Morton, who literally didn't figure things out in the big leagues until he was 33 years old. Uh, you know, his, his first really good season was with Houston when he was 33 and he had to grind through a ton of his career to figure things out. Now his career wasn't primarily about injury though. He did also have, uh, Tommy John in the middle of his career. Uh, but it wasn't derailed primarily by injury. It was just him trying to figure out how to be effective. And then once he did, uh, it, it totally changed uh, the trajectory of his career. And, and Morton is just a very unique animal in terms of uh, pitchers just because, you know, at 33, he becomes uh, a mid-rotation, a top-of-the-rotation arm, uh, is a, a World Series MVP. I think he was World Series MVP when the, the Astros won it. He was remarkable in that postseason and, of course, has been really good with the Braves, uh, primarily for uh, the three years he's been with the Braves. 
so Soroka, you know, if he can take any solace, he can turn to his teammate. And I hope him and, and Morton have had some conversations just about being patient with his career. You know, he could he could really dwell on the years and time lost and the frustration of this season and being kind of yo-yoed back and forth and primarily being in AAA this year and it probably not going anywhere near the way he wanted it to go. I'm sure he had visions of being in the big leagues and returning to dominance this season, and it just simply hasn't happened. So hopefully him and Morton can get together and, uh, and talk through some of those things because it seems to me that, that Soroka's biggest thing to overcome is just the mental grind of figuring things out again. And, um, you know, it's not a quick journey back to being a top pitcher. And he was a top 10 pitcher in baseball in 2019. But um, I really hope he can get back. You guys know that I root for, root for Michael Soroka. And I'm just super glad that um, he's not having to go uh, get Tommy John. Hopefully, by shutting him down now and having a normal offseason uh, when he ramps things back up next spring training, all will be good and he can get back to working on um, becoming a great pitcher once again. But um, it will be a crucial season for Michael Soroka, especially with the Braves. You know, next year is his last arbitration year. Uh, he will be out of options with the Braves, so he won't be yo-yoed back and forth anymore. Um, if he wins a job uh, with the Braves out of spring training, he has to stick with them. And uh, so really next season in terms of his Braves career, it's kind of now or never. And, um, and so hopefully that will happen for him. All right. But nonetheless, you know, these two games, the Braves dropped the last game in Los Angeles, uh, but they come home, they get a day off. And then honestly, these last two games at home against St. Louis have been ugly. And they've been ugly primarily because the starting pitching has let the Braves down in both of these games. It did start with Michael Soroka's uh, rough start in game one, and it continued last night with a surprising uh, stinker of a game from, um, from Spencer Strider. Uh, like I said, it's almost easy to see these coming. You know, you come off of a really successful road trip. You come off of uh, a series um, which had to be pretty intense, you know, out there in L.A. against your chief rival in the Dodgers. And it's just human nature to kind of relax off of that. You're also coming home and uh, you're playing a team that on paper you're way better than um, in the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, they've been uh, pretty well smoked in these first two games. The Cardinals do have a good offense. I mean, I don't want to talk them down too much. Um, the broadcast has mentioned this. The, the Cardinals' issue this year has not been their offense. It has been mostly their pitching. The, but the, the Braves' pitching has not done them any favors, and it has not really put them in a position to win either of these games. So game one was a 10-6 to loss. You have a disappointing start from Soroka. Again, he goes three innings, goes up five earned runs uh, off of two home runs. It was a three-run homer and a two-run shot. And, you know, you just, you know, two, two huge punches early. Uh, and Soroka, when he has been up with Atlanta, his, his biggest issue has been the home run ball, which is very weird for him. Of course, early in his career, he was all about that sinker. And again, changing in arm angles, he just seems to leave the ball up very consistently and it gets 
hit really hard when he does that. Uh, after that third inning, he comes into the dugout. Obviously, he's complaining about numbness in his hand, and the Braves take him out of the game. I'm sure they would have liked to have gotten another inning or two from him in this start. So they bring in Colin McHugh. I mean, you're down early, so I kind of understand the move by, by Snicker. Even though McHugh hasn't been very good at this point, you're just trying to get innings and get through the game. Uh, but certainly it didn't do the Braves any favors to, to maybe stick in the game a little bit. Uh, McHugh comes in, three innings pitched, gives up four earned runs, and, uh, and that was off of six hits. So McHugh, it's been no secret that he has not been very good, uh, especially in the second half of the season. And after this game, he also goes on the IL with shoulder inflammation. Remember, this is the second trip he's made to the IL with this issue this year. Uh, it does make me wonder, I mean, because he has not been very effective this year, uh, has he been battling this issue all year and it's just dropped his effectiveness, probably trying to push through it a little bit? Uh, I'm, I'm just guessing, and maybe that's not the case, but it does seem like it could be. Uh, one of the reasons because guys, Colin McHugh for most of his career has been an incredibly effective relief pitcher. He was much better with the Braves last year and he just has not been that this season. So it does make you wonder if McHugh will be back for the postseason. It also makes you wonder if, you know, if he does come back, will he be effective in the postseason? Um, ben Heller uh, was called up to replace McHugh and Darius Vines was called up to replace Soroka. Um, and so uh, we'll see if that kind of solidifies the bullpen for the long term or not. Uh, the Braves in this one go down nine to one pretty early in the game. Uh, they make a game of it kind of late, but ultimately it's not enough. Um, kind of funny in a game that you lose. The Braves hit four home runs in this game, but unfortunately they were all solo shots. Um, it's fun to see home runs, but it's kind of annoying when uh, they are all solo shots and not enough to really impact the game when you're down so much. Uh, Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, and Marcel Ozuna all hit solo shots in this game. Um, Matt Olson and Austin Riley go back-to-back. -back. I believe that makes back-to-back um, -back shots for them in all six months of the season. It's the seventh time they've done that this year. Uh, I believe an eighth time would tie... A major league record so maybe they're they'll be able to do it one more time this season i would not doubt it uh the way these guys hit home runs uh game two was an 11 to 6 loss and so the braves allowed double digits double digit runs in back-to-back -back games so again not great um you know we don't want to sound any huge alarm bells here but uh definitely frustrating when you have one frustrating night you want to get back to it and have a good game and you know, get that bad taste out of your mouth. Did not happen in this one. Just more bad taste, I guess. Uh, Strider, uh, unfortunately, in this start, uh, just had another flat outing. And it's so funny with with Spencer Strider. It's like 80% of the time he's dominant, and maybe more than that. Maybe 90% of the time he's dominant. But when he is not on, it's very obvious early, and he almost never gets out of jams. Right? It's like he is when he's not on uh he doesn't have any luck and um and that was just true in this one he only goes two and two-thirds innings six earned runs allowed uh five strikeouts and now look if it was a different time of the season snicker probably lets him go a little further tries to fight through it 
but I am certain that Snicker is very sensitive to uh, innings pitched and, and pitch counts at this point in the season. Uh, Strider didn't have it, and he wants to save uh, Strider's arm as much as possible for the postseason. So he takes him out. I think he was at about 64 pitches when he comes out of the game. Now, the one positive note for Strider in this one was he was the first pitch, pitcher to cross 250 strikeouts for this season. But I know for a fact that Strider could kind of care less about that. Uh, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. You know that he was super frustrated in this outing. And he said as much at the uh, after the game, basically saying, I didn't give my team a chance to win and and uh, that it wasn't you know to his standard. And, um, you know, it's the, the growth point for Strider is when he doesn't have his stuff, you know, his best stuff, can he navigate through? And, um, you know, I, I, I hope and I, I have a lot of confidence that he's going to get to that point where he'll, he'll figure that out. Uh, but he hasn't figured it out yet. Uh, it is kind of ironic or strange, at least, that some of Strider's worst starts of the season have been against some pretty bad teams. Um, Detroit, you'll recall, and uh, Pittsburgh and the Cardinals, um, three of his worst starts, and yet they were against these teams. And, and he can go out and shove and dominate against some of the best teams in baseball. So um, hopefully um, he can get this one behind them quickly. And of course, hopefully in the postseason, he can be the best version of himself and just dominate for the Braves. Um, another positive note, Olsen and Riley both homer again last night. Uh, this is Olsen's third straight game with a home run after going, I think, 18 games without a home run. So seems like he's fully found his stroke again. That's really good news for the Braves. Um, on the negative side, Ronald Acuna goes hitless for a third straight game. And, um, I mean, that's honestly a very impressive thing that it hasn't happened before this point in the season. Uh, but all that makes me think is he's about to go off again. So um, that would be awesome to see in this third game of the series. Well, before I talk about the third game uh, that's coming up tonight, I do want to talk a little bit just looking um, across the league and some of the things going on with um, particularly the Dodgers. Uh, you might have heard the news. If you're following baseball at all, you definitely didn't miss the news that Dodgers left-handed pitcher Julio Urias um, has been indefinitely suspended following a second domestic violence arrest. Um, obviously, uh, very serious news, very um, sad news in a lot of ways, uh, especially, you know, just any time that, that sort of thing is happening, you just pray for, um, for the family and for his wife, and hopefully uh, she is safe and that that is something that will never happen again. Uh, but he obviously, in terms of baseball, impact is out of the Dodgers lineup indefinitely almost certainly he, he may never pitch for the Dodgers again he was going to be a free agent at the end of this season and you know uh, he who knows what happens to him honestly I don't know the impact of what Major League Baseball is going to do uh, you might see a um, incredibly significant suspension that could I mean I don't even know I don't I don't want to guess at what's going to happen there but in terms of this season, very unlikely uh, Arias will see the field. Uh, on top of that, you know, the Dodgers have had a tremendous amount of issues with their pitching staff and their starting staff this year. Tony Gonsolin is done for the season with Tommy John surgery. 
Walker Bueller has missed the entire season to this point, though he's um, on the verge of coming back for them. Um, but you don't know, at, you know, what he's going to be like and how much he's going to give them um, in the postseason. And so you basically, as a Dodgers fan, uh, you'd be hoping for Clayton Kershaw uh, and Bobby Miller, who is a rookie, and, um, you know, maybe someone else to step up. So uh, you need at least three good pitchers, really, in the postseason. And I wonder if they have that now. So it really makes me think, as, as good as the Dodgers have been this season, they are weaker than they've ever been uh, in terms of this recent Braves run of success. And they keep... Uh, coming against the Dodgers in the postseason, it's kind of their chief rival. Uh, but the the Dodgers are certainly weakened by this um, this uh, newest um, bit of news from Urias. So it makes you wonder. I mean, are the Dodgers the chief threat to the Braves to reach the uh, to reach the World Series again? I wonder. I wonder if the Phillies now are the bigger threat to the Braves than the Dodgers. Um, and I think I think they are. Um, I think it's arguable, but I think the Phillies actually in the postseason could be the tougher out. Um, and that is primarily due to that starting pitching. I mean, the Phillies have Zach Wheeler, uh, Michael Lorenzen, Aaron Nola, Tijuan Walker. They have the pitching depth. Um, and Zach Wheeler is probably better than, than anybody else um, that the Dodgers could throw at the Braves. Um, and of course, uh, we know that the Phillies played great baseball last postseason. So they've been there and done that. Um, the other thing though, I would say is, I mean, it's clearly the Braves are the far better team. Uh, they have the far better offense. The Braves also have a really good and deep, uh, starting pitching staff, especially with freed back and going, going well. Um, and the Braves are going to be very motivated if they face the Phillies in the postseason. From what happened last year, uh, I think they will be very motivated. They probably hope to to match up with the Phillies just to get a little payback. Uh, so, you know, the fact is the Dodgers are hurting right now, especially in their um, in their rotation. And I'm not sure there really is a true other heavyweight uh, to take on the Braves in the National League. That doesn't mean that it's guaranteed the Braves will get to the World Series, right? Baseball can be very random or seem very random. Uh, you know, they say you're as good as your next starting pitcher and in the postseason, anything can happen. But in terms of the Braves' chances, I think all of this makes the Braves uh, even bigger favorites to move through the National League and get to the World Series. Now, there are some tough teams that could be waiting for them in the American League, but I'm not going to hit on that at this point in this episode. But yeah, definitely some impact with the Julio Urias um, suspension. All right, guys. So anyways, game three against the Cardinals coming up tonight, and we hope that Max Fried can stop the bleeding and prevent what would be a very strange sweep. If the Cardinals swept the Braves at this point, uh, it would be head-scratching, uh, not, not to mention this pitching matchup favors the Braves in such a big way on paper. Uh, the Braves go up against Adam Wainwright, the 42-year-old who came back for one more season with the Cardinals, but has struggled mightily. Uh, he is 3-10 on the year with an 8.10 ERA. Uh, so everything says this juggernaut of a Braves offense should take him to town. Uh, but we'll see, right? Uh, 
one one note is that Austin Riley will not be playing tonight. He is sitting out the game, uh, his first day off of the season. Nicky Lopez will start at third base to give Riley a day off. Uh, you can assume to start seeing this. You know, I think Snicker gave uh, Arcia the day off just the other day. But uh, if there's a big moment, you could also see Riley come in and pinch hit. That's what happened with Arcia as well. Um, Hopefully the Braves, hopefully it won't matter. The Braves will just take it to the Cardinals and Riley can get a nice day off. Um, also, like I mentioned, Acuna hasn't done anything for the last three games. I look for him to do something big tonight. Uh, and let's see if Matt Olson can hit a home run for a fourth straight game. Uh, all of those things could lead to a big Braves win. You, you finally get that bad taste out of your mouth after three straight losses. And maybe the Braves can go on another nice run here through mid-September. Uh, the Phillies will be coming, uh, or actually the Braves will be going to the Phillies soon, and uh, it would be great to uh, to play well over these next games. One more against uh, St. Louis, and then we have some games against Pittsburgh. All right, guys, well, that is this episode of Today of the Braves. I really appreciate you listening to me once again, and uh, I'll talk to you soon.